Hello, hello, Odafest Podcast. It's another week in another episode. Episode 7 of Season 8. And with me today are Nancy, Jay, and Dio. Meow. It was Dio all along. It was Dio. 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 And we have some news and announcements today. On Saturday, November 5th, 2022, from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m., join OdaFest as we celebrate the supernatural with a yokai-themed night festival. Tickets are available on site for $15 and will include your very own yokai-themed lantern, which what? you can use to take part in our lantern lighting ceremony. Wow. Then take home as a souvenir. Amazing. There will be presentations and panels happening both indoors and outdoors, as well as a small exhibitor's hall. Check out the event details via facebook.com slash OdaFest. Yay. 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 What is, what is everybody's favorite yokai? The one that performed uh, the maid dance this year. Oh, okay. I was about oh, yeah, to... there was the... Yeah, the little the dragon. Little what was it called? Dragon bro. thing. I don't yeah, remember the name. I don't know the name. But it was like, yeah, like a like a wormy dragon bros. Yeah. And it was like a I loved it. I was it took a lot of effort to not succumb to the instant like your mom response. Like I my heart my heart wanted it. I had to put it back down. I was like, no mother. You've been strimming a little much. A little too much. Actually on that question, I think I I used to read a lot of um, horror mythology, so I do know a little bit about yokai. There are a few ones I do like. Um, uh-huh. There's ones where it's like someone who, like, their 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 body is sleeping, but they like their head essentially like leaves their body. There's a yokai who does kind of that thing. Oh. There's uh, like Yuki Ona, which is like uh, yeah. uh, the lady. Everybody like, likes snow. Yuki Ona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, I feel like are... every weeb's introduction to Yukiona was Mizore from Rosaria Vampire. I don't know what that Maybe? is. So no. <laughs> really old anime. I don't know Yay. about that. Really uh... old mediocre harem anime, but oh. it was pretty popular in its time. Yeah. I... Yeah the the Japanese have have some pretty interesting. Uh, little beasties, spooky boys, spoopies. Yeah, yeah. like I yeah. feel like everyone likes Kitsune, of course. Everybody of course. likes Fox Spirit, but of course, the most favorite, like the or rather the OG Kitsune yokai. I don't even know if she counts as a yokai, but you know, good old Tamamo no Mai, the the, yeah. the yokai demon who's been sealed in the rock. Mm. Except she's finally free. Except she's been freed from the rock in modern day times. So. You know? Wayne Johnson has let her free. <laughs> exactly. Go. Um, for me, for me, I like Dodomeki, which is, it's what happens if someone, like a pickpocket or someone steals too much, mm-hmm. they get bird eyes sprouting all over their body. Oh. And it's just super creepy. It like, it, it activates that tryptophobia response. Uh-huh. Oh, kind of like yeah. lotus pods, but with eyes. Yeah. Bird eyes, yeah. Oh god. I, I just think that's super Ugh. creepy and super cool. 
I also like I also like um like a theme that Japanese uh demons or whatnot have are like a lot of times they inhabit common everyday belongings like uh what is it uh uh kama something like uh the the, the umbrella Oh, like, yeah. like umbrella just, monster. Uh, I was just looking like it up. Lan- yeah. There's so, like a lantern Obake. monster. Yeah, Casa yes. Because I was like, I wanted to talk about that I one. I can't too. remember I if it's one. supposed to be Old once umbrellas. an item is uh, 50 years old or 150 yeah, years old. Yeah, essentially. That like, it like basically develops its own soul. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting. I love and that idea. And it becomes a yokai. Yeah, it becomes okay, like a... So- scary umbrella demon ghost Okay, thing. so who's got a 50-year-old CRT in their basement? That's gaining sentience soon. <laughs> oh God, CRT Obake! No. It's gonna start. It's gonna start playing Treehouse at twelve a.m. You know you basement. say that, <laughs> but uh, really old TVs and computer monitors and stuff. Once they once they age, they start having like quirks. You know, they do. They do. Yeah, they kind like, of just awaken. Sometimes, sometimes they've got a face burned into them from too much too much news watching and then uh you turn it off someday and you see that face burned into the screen just staring back at you Mm -hmm. an old tv is totally a yokai yeah definitely i i Mm. I would agree with that okay all right this is anecdotal evidence but i accept it exactly it's true i definitely have creepy memories as a kid of the old crt so um we had an old CRT that was, like, my grandfather's. It was very, very old. It had, like, the original, like, knobs for changing was channels. It, and Did it have, like, the wood the wood paneling around yes, it? Yes, the and wood the little paneling all around yeah. it. It had, like, these these little... They, actually, they weren't little. They were, like, built-in speakers on, like, the side of it. And it had, yeah. like, that old mesh over it. Exactly. Anyway, my grandpa had one just exactly the same. Yeah. So we had one of those for a short time. Uh, it lived in my room. It wasn't usable. We just needed to store it somewhere. So it sat in my room for a while. It wasn't plugged in ever, and I never turned it on. But every now and again in the middle of the night, if I woke up as a kid, I would see sometimes little patterns or like little dots on the screen. It wasn't glowing brightly, but sometimes I would just see it. And it, like, as a child, I obviously thought this was really cool. It must be something that old TVs do that our new TVs don't. And yeah. Yeah, old TVs, TVs aren't supposed to do that. <laughs> old TVs are definitely okay. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I agree with that. Absolutely. Hmm. Remember, we still of the podcast. Yeah, we st- we still got to play uh, Phasmo together. Oh, definitely, we, do. we have to play Scary Ghost Game. We have to catch. There are some yokai uh, available in Phasmo. True. Oh, the Yuki, the Yuki Ona is a is a ghost in in. in Aren't there also Oni? Yeah, Oni as well. Oh, good. I'm gonna have a great first go at Phasma with you. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's. We not can think about go that. yokai watching. Let's think about great things, tasty things, social tasty. things like lunch dates, food, lunch dates yes. with my pod mates. So, uh, how to do? How to do a lunch a lunch date Odafest style? Step one is make assumptions. Step two is never mention the location. No, that's so. also step one. Step one is make assumptions. <laughs> step one is also never mention where you're meeting. Mm-hmm. 
So we. Made I was not part plans. of this. No, you weren't. So, uh, what the original plan was was for all of us to get together and have a meal. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, due to work schedules, some of us could only make one meal, but not the other meal. So it it ended up being like two meals in a day with slightly different audiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, exactly. Me and Dio and had a great foodie day yesterday. We really did. <laughs> like, I got to eat some great food yesterday. I didn't have to cook, and I just got to enjoy, you know, different, not only different kinds of cuisine, but two completely different cultures of cuisine. I also had a very, very good foodie day yesterday. So, uh, lunch, lunch, Dio, Angelo, and I, and Sean, we met up for. Hand pulled beef noodle. Yes, Chinese northern beef noodles, hand pulled. It was delicious. It was exactly what I wanted. I hadn't been in years since since f- way before pandemic times. But there and was I just only... one small hiccup, wasn't there? Well, I I only knew of one location. So when we decided to meet there, I immediately went to that one location and that was <laughs> where we were going that day. Dio and I and were I... running late. <laughs> okay, so l- 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 the, before you say we were running late, allow me to explain a little bit. So I have this thing where I do a lot of planning at work, and that's a big part of my job. And I, I have a very hard time not letting it bleed out into my real life. Where I, you know, if people decide they want to have an event, I end up taking, I end up never being the guest. I'm always the person who ends up taking over the planning. So I try and just not be involved and I let other people handle it. And I just go wherever, you know, I offer my hand and I say, I will go where you will lead me. So I left it in the hands of Nancy and Angelo. And so Angelo didn't get Nancy's message that that she was heading out. So I and Angelo noticed the message as I was about to get into the shower. (laughs) And I said, well, I'm still going to get in the shower. I'm not going to go out and be stinky. So that made us that made us a little bit late. Um, So we decided to drive instead of taking the train down to uh, Kellen Beef Noodle in downtown and Nancy mentions, she messages us saying, ah, yeah, we just got a table. Wonderful. And I'm We're like, only cool, a minute great. away. We walk through the door. We look to our left. We look to our right. And not a single Nancy or even a Sean to be found. And so I just turned. I don't know. Angela. Did you ask the other customers if their names were Nancy or Sean? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, ah, okay. I, so I turn to Angelo and I say, did you confirm which Callan beef noodle we're going to? <laughs> and Angelo goes, I didn't know there was more than one. Oh. And Nancy also goes, I didn't know there was more than one. That's an absolute <laughs> lie because we've been to both. We've been to I thought, both. I thought they'd moved or something I like that. I knew they did not move and I only knew of the original location. So I went straight to that one. So me and Dio frantically drive back to the other location, and we had a lunch that couldn't be beat. It, it was, was so good. Was I will amazing. say, I think a lot of people don't know about the second location, which is interesting because in the main location... It was location, almost completely empty. It was almost completely empty. And then the interesting thing is in the main location, the main location's a little bit... It's showing its age, and that's okay. Mm. Um, but it is showing its age as a building. But they have a big poster right next to the cash register that says, 
new location downtown <laughs> and it has like all the opening and i'm just looking at that and i'm like hmm <laughs> yep. and so it was really interesting because the downtown one was very empty like there was tons of space it was very empty it's a relatively new space it's near um it's near the kirby station for um local listeners um whereas the original location which is still fantastic and absolutely worth visiting um is on center street um right where it inters just just past where it intersects with a uh, 16th ave now one thing that i really like about Callum beef noodle is like you get your food but you also get like a show you get to watch you definitely do their noodles it's really really cool to watch i will never ever get old uh it's just of that when when the guy pulls out a giant a giant lump of dough and starts pulling it starts like almost throwing it around like a jump rope doing the twist with it it's just so cool and i feel like this is this is something of a trend with a lot of restaurants it seems like they're having more of an open kitchen Mm -hmm. and uh, you get to like see what's going on back there uh one other place that me and dio used to go to every now and then via chibo they've got an open kitchen there and while there isn't really much to see like, for the most part, you're not looking at anything. It's just interesting to be able to see it. But mm-hmm. every now and then on the grill or on the stove, there's a big flare up of fire. And it's just like, whoa. Yeah, you, you know, you get to That's watch. That's always fun to watch. Yeah, you get to watch Someone how your lost food eyebrows that day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Callum Beef Noodle is a very special experience because not only is it hand-pulled noodles, and you get to choose the kind of noodle you want. So you can get, you know, if you like narrow noodles, you can get that. If you like thick noodles, you can get that. If you like wide but thin, you can get that. Um, but you get to watch your food be prepared in front of you. And and so not only are your noodles sort of custom and in front of you, but, you know, you also get to choose, you know, when they offer you chili, you get to choose, you know, how much chili you do or don't want. I I don't, I'm not a big fan of spicy food. Um and so you can just be like, yeah, no chili. But I like to always ask for just a little bit because um, I feel like it enhances the flavor. And so they'll give you like a quarter of like a big ladle and they'll spoon it on for you and ask you, you know, is that enough or do you want more? And so it's it's a really special experience because you just you get to take this big, hot bowl of freshly made, just cooked. You watch them get pulled and, and cooked in front of you noodles um, with really nice uh, in my case, I, I always like to get the beef bowl because uh, nothing beats Alberta beef. It's and uh, so you get these nice, nice cooked um, beef beef fillets. And then I always like to get the combo set. So you get some some beef shank on the, on a, the side as well. Tea egg? Is it a tea egg or soy sauce? Yeah, tea egg. Tea egg. Which is so yummy. And that's when I taught... They do extra salt so you can customize the flavor to your preference. And this is when I learned that I needed to teach Angelo and Nancy how to peel a boiled egg. Yo, you got to let it cool down. Yep. Apparently you wait for it to cool down. And I was like, you know, science says that you're correct. Yep. But yep. I'm impatient. So what I do but is I'm impatient I, I... and hungry and I need to eat my egg now. <laughs> so what I dip I do it in all the salt is... Um, I crack it on the side of the table because it is hot and like you can feel like the, the steam from the table be coming off of it is I'll crack it. I'll peel off just a little piece to help like release some of the steam and then just let it sit. And once it's cooled off a little bit, then the shell will come off all in one nice piece and you won't have like little chunks of egg coming with it. But if you don't want to wait and you're boiling eggs at home, the tip is 
after you're done soaking them, or um, if you're just going to eat them without soaking them in tea or soy sauce, dunk them in an ice bath for like yeah. 10 seconds. And then just like take it out, and then it's, it'll be cool enough on the outside to just peel. Yee. Yes. Also, oh. hard-boiled eggs are okay, but you want soft-boiled eggs. Oh, soft-boiled eggs are delicious. Honestly. Like They're my favorite. I love both. Soft-boiled say... or like medium-boiled if you're going to keep them for a, a, long, a bit oh, longer and not just eat them right yes. after you cook them. Yeah. Oh, just like you want, you want like a little gumminess in the yolk, but you don't want it to be solid yolk. I like all of it. I, I, like, I, I do like, like hard a solid eggs. yolk. Yeah, mm. I will like enjoy a hard boiled egg as well. I think it works really well with the tea egg, um, just because like the the yolk, you get that nice color differentiation between where the the tea has soaked into the yolk, um, which is really really fun to look at. Um, but I do, I will say, especially if I'm going to put the egg in something like a soup. Uh, or like on noodles, soft boiled egg rules. So rules yummy is is crowned king. But like, I like hard boiled eggs only if they haven't been overboiled, so you don't get that gray layer right over the yolk. True. Yeah. Uh, the the tea egg I had yesterday was definitely beyond that point, but I didn't care yeah. because it was done with seasoning, so it wasn't like eating an entire rubber ball, but. I definitely Eat. learned that there was a difference uh, after what moving out and actually asking my mom how to how to properly hard boil an egg. Uh, apparently, the easiest way to do it is to get your eggs in water to a full like rolling boil and then leave it covered, take it off heat, and just let it sit for ten minutes. Interesting. And then Eat. it's done. It is the perfect hard boiled. Like everything is cooked all the way through, but you don't get the gray layer. The gum, the gummy texture too. Yeah, yeah. neat, neat. Mm. So that was really good. Uh, if you've never had Callan beef noodle, doesn't matter which location you go to, but if you are uh, local to Calgary or ever in Calgary, for example, in time for Odafest, um, Callan beef noodle is really great, really enjoyable. Um, some of the best noodles you can have. Delicious. So good. So good. Yeah. Man, we should be getting to... sponsor money before calling them out like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's making its way to like a uh, to my list of winter comfort food. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say like we've had an extraordinarily nice fall so far. Like mm-hmm. not a single snowflake to be seen. Don't jinx um, it, bro. Don't. Don't be superstitious. Uh. <laughs> it just, I'll be it's as gonna happen. as I want to be. I'll it's be hyperstitious happen. if I need to be. It's happening. Winter is coming. Winter is um, coming. But yeah, like I, uh, things like hot pot, things like uh, kale and beef noodle or any noodle soups in general just fantastic for winter time. I like I'll have I'll have kale and beef noodle any time of the year, but like I appreciate Same. Hot, like hot broths with some spice in them, especially during the winter. So I'm looking forward to winter. Warms just so you up it, like, inside. Mm, so it hits the perfect spot. Yeah. Yes. But speaking of things that hit the perfect spot, every now and then you gotta do some KBBQ. KBBQ yeah. is almost like a tradition for us. And yeah. while we're greatly disappointed that Nancy couldn't join us on the KBBQ adventure. I blame everyone's scheduling weirdness. <laughs> Fair. Valid. 
It is, it was in every way an adventure. We have, it was. <laughs> we have our normal, our normal place that we like to go, the place that we really like, that we enjoy, that's comfortable, that tastes right, that's priced well. We like Gogi. We know what to expect. And yeah. so we went to Gogi. We walked in. We were like, "Holy moly, it's a little bit busy." But they've got they've got the patio open. I haven't seen oh. that from them before. Mm-hmm. And so, so they we even asked had the extra dudes. room. And they were still pumping. They were like, yeah. "We can get a table for you in an hour, <laughs> maybe." And we were just like, "Oh, no. whoops, sir, we needed the KBBQ twenty minutes ago, not sixty minutes from now." I'm sorry. So we said, okay, well, let's head out. There's other, you know, there's other places around. Where do we want to go? We and make nearby the trek. We decided to go to a sushi barbecue inn, which is like ah uh, yes, it's a mix between like KBBQ and and JBBQ. Su- sushi barbecue has- inn has been a, a landmark location since the university days. Yeah, exactly. It's right next to Sate. Um, so it's very popular with students. And then, you know, if you want sushi, if you want good sashimi, you'll get that. But you'll also get the nice, like, barbecue experience of, you know, they give you all different kinds of cuts of meat and you need to cook it over the open grill. And it's great. Mm-hmm. My best memory at Sushi Barbecue Inn was when Jane leaned back in his chair and broke it. Indeed. We oh. did take a friend there and he broke the chair at Sushi Barbecue Inn. And so we get there and, you know, it's full. It's pretty full. Uh, I the- saw multiple empty tables from outside. Indeed. Uh-huh. So we were like, again, the patio was open. Most of the patio was empty. The parking lot was full. So we kind of yeah. had to smooch in. We had to kind of like sneak into the small, small car, compact car parking spot. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like in the corner so it was like oh we're gonna have to like have a person help me back out so I don't hit the trailer hitch of the truck that's parked uh, perpendicular to me two oh spots down oh we gosh. sneak in we get to the sushi BBQ in and there's a bunch of people outside the entrance so we send Jay as our as our ambassador to find out if there's space and Jay returns he comes back outside and says they say in about an hour Oh yeah. no! And again, I was just like, "There's the patio that they've taken up some of their parking spots with," and I'm like, "There are multiple open tables. I see soy sauce bottles be. on these tables. <laughs> they, they must are not their have tables. had enough staff to keep up. That's that's the uh, only thing that I can imagine. That's yeah, what there I was would some, imagine. There were some well. there were some tables inside that were empty too. So I was like a little confused. There was mm-hmm. probably about ten people, I think, waiting in in front of us or so." Yeah, more or less. Now I was hungry. Mm -hmm. Jay was hungry. Mm -hmm. Dia was hungry. I didn't eat since 12. I was weak. I was weak. I was like, how how much longer do we go before we simply decide on pub burgers? And Jay said no. (laughs) Jay refused. Mm -hmm. It was a night for BBQ. And so while these two were arguing, or not arguing, discussing, I figured, you know what? I'm going to call up Soul BBQ. She used the power of technology. And I was like, I'm going to call them. And here was my reasoning for choosing Soul BBQ. They're very popular. 
but they're a little bit more expensive. Not, you know, horrendously expensive, but like a little bit more expensive than they're like, um, like Goji or Sushi. They're more expensive, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like $8 more, which isn't like yeah. unreasonable, but it is more expensive. Um, so I figured, you know, they're going to be, you know, for people who are just looking for some BBQ, KBBQ fun with friends, they might not choose Seoul as their, as their, their first place. That tends to be more for like, a fancy party or like mm. a fancy gathering. Mm-hmm. Then the other thing is uh, Seoul is lo- is located off of McLeod Trail. And so the big thing about Goji or um, uh, Sushi BBQ Inn is they're right by the university. And similarly with, you know, uh, there are other BBQ spots like in downtown, they're close to transit, which makes them very accessible, which is great. Not complaining about it being very highly accessible, but it means that they're they're going to get lots of traffic. They're going to get accessed. Because, exactly, because of the convenience. So I figured McLeod Trail is good. Um, the You know, it's not necessarily far from everything, right? Like Chinook Mall is down there. But mm-hmm. it's not necess- It's not really on the train line. Um, it's not necessarily easily accessible by bus. It's not particularly walkable. So if you're going to go there, you're probably planning to drive. And so I figure that's going to make it, especially as it becomes later at night, that's going to make it less popular of a spot. So I call them and I say, well, would you have room for three people in, say, 20 minutes? And they were like, uh, yeah, probably. Do you want to make a reservation? And I was like, no, no, no. And they were like, oh, did you change your mind? And I was like, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just checking. You know, I wanted to see because I could hear in the background, I could hear the gang discussing pub food. So I was like, I don't want to make a reservation. And then we don't want to go for KBBQ anymore. But I get off the phone and everyone is like, yes, let's head to Seoul KBBQ. And so we drive down. Google Maps takes us on a bit of an adventure. Oh. Uh, it it kind of made us do a loop-de-loop to get there. Like uh. we drove past Google Maps it. was being weird yesterday. Yeah. It- Google Maps was like, I will make you hungrier. <laughs> you will eat more barbecue yeah. with my influence. Indeed. So it had us drive past the location, turn off on a different street, do a loop around, and come back on the right side of the street, which was like, like it's fine, but like for what reason when you can just turn left because there's lights next to the building. But yep. either way, we got there. And we get in, and we're like, do you guys have room for three? And the they're guy like, asks, do you have a reservation? Uh-oh. And we go, no. And then he's like, doesn't matter. Right this way. Oh, <laughs> exactly. my God. My heart. And so we go my in. My heart. And it was, you know, it was not super busy. Like, there was a big, there was a big group, like a party group, um, in, like, sort of their, like, you know, booth private section but Mm -hmm. like most of the regular tables were pretty empty and so we sat down um and we were we were we were good to eat stars lit in my eyes as soon as i saw the menu whereas at at like uh gogi for example they've got really good meats the selection is is reasonable they've got like some beef bulgogi some pork some pork belly the big the thick boy bacon adult bacon they got the chicken. But this place, good lord, they've got the spicy adult bacon. 
They're the they Arby's. They're the Arby's of KBBQ in the city. They have <laughs> the meats. <laughs> they have the meats. They had a huge selection of meats. They had yeah, some. And- they had some decent sides too. Like at Gogi, you can't get some onion or mushrooms to throw on the grill. Mm-hmm. It's true. And so that was a nice addition. Uh, I would say they're worth the, they're worth the the price bump up. Like again, like if it's not within your budget, then don't go. I guess, but like because other places like Gogi, which is our like still our go to, despite we us knowing that Seoul now has like a bigger, more expanded like meat menu. Selection. Yeah, but like I would even go as far as to say that the meats at Seoul tasted better. Like they they were higher quality meats. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, but, time to do a fair comparison. Yeah. Oh, no. I have to go for more Korean barbecue. Oh, no. What a I shame. Podcast? I, I can't believe we're going to have to do this. But the one I thing that Seoul had for science. that was super interesting that yeah. uh, Gogi doesn't have is the pork jowl. Yeah. And oh, yes. you were scared. Indeed. I was like, you, the, the piggy cheeks, what are we going to eat those for? And then we got them, eat them as as I will let Jay explain what it was like. It is if pork chop was also bacon. Yes. Yeah. It is it's, meaty. It is chewy. It, it can be fatty. crispy because you've got the, you know, you cook it nice. Yeah. It is wonderful. Yeah. It's very good. It's very rich, very umami. It's very, very juicy. It's the it's marbled good. ribeye version of pork chop. Yeah, and that yes. is pork a good chop. Thing. God knows, could use it. Yes. And what was that? Pork chop can get pretty dry. What was that yes. big slab of beef that we had? The ribeye. The ribeye. The ribeye yeah. rib yeah, was also rib fantastic. Was yes. So what you're saying is we're doing this again. Yeah, we soon. have to drag a Nancy there. Okay. True. Now, of course. Oh no! Keep in mind, rubber arm. It is. It is more expensive. So, but not a not a bring not Sean. Abs- not bring Sean so that yes, the money's worth can be devoured. Indeed. I posted mm-hmm. a picture online, and it was a pile of food that we got. An absolute oh, pile. Yeah. They they a give you the order meat. sheet. The order sheet has like three columns. They're like round one, round two, round three. We only mm-hmm. made it through round one. What? No way. Because we ordered like more than everything on round one. So they don't, they don't really skimp you out on your like order. Like if you like, you know, you put in your amounts. Like I basically, for the most part, I basically gave made sure that we had enough portions for one, like for each person, kind of thing. Like if it was like beef bulgogi and like how many portions, I'd be like three portions, please. And then they'd be, and then uh, for like uh, the samgyeopsal, the the adult bacon, the uh, pork belly, you get it per slice. So I was just like, oh, I'll get two, like two slices per person, kind of thing. Like that makes sense, right? (laughs) So I just like kind of threw that all in. And then, like, they don't be like, oh, you order, you you wanted six, here's four, kind of thing. They're like, all right, that's what they wanted, so here you go. <laughs> and it's, and the they're big thing. pieces. The only yeah. thing they shorted us on. Sick. 
The only complaint that I could possibly have. <laughs> not enough sauce. Yeah. No, no, and no. What that's was those not those lettuce wraps? The lettuce. We the ordered lettuce. Lettuce, lettuce wraps to go with it, but it was like getting shredded salad. At one point, I reached in and I pulled out one of the greens and I was like, this is a garnish. Like, what am I going to wrap in this? Yeah. So oh at, at, at Gogi, for example, you order lettuce wraps, they give you big, cleaned, They give you the entire romaine. Of romaine. Yeah. The entire romaine. At, uh, at, at Sill, you order the lettuce wraps, they gave you basically three or four leaves of romaine with so, a ton you- of different, like, mixed green salad. Yeah. Okay. It was weird. It was like, okay, you guys... You guys hit the ball out of the park with the meats. And then with the leaves, you guys don't know y- your pants from they've, your shirts. They've heard, <laughs> they've heard of uh, lettuce before. Uh, they've heard uh, of salad? plants. What is a s- salad? salad. Exactly. I, don't, is... I don't think I've heard of salad before. What are yeah. leaves? What is, what is uh, Roman? Their side dishes are pretty good, too. Like, they... they give you side dishes uh oh, yeah. i wish there were the kimchi's not as good i think gogi's kimchi is better i love yes. gogi's kimchi it would be very difficult to hold a candle to that so yeah um, i don't know yeah. but but i would so, say for the 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 big thing that you're paying for which is the proteins the niku yeah uh soul, soul is pretty meats. pretty good and i will say that i kind of stayed away from soul for a while because i I don't think I I didn't like what they were offering during uh like COVID essentially. Uh even uh, before even before COVID, like I remember when they transitioned off of like a restaurant menu to just all you can eat. Yeah. And I recall that not being my favoritest thing. Yeah. So it looks yeah. like they have transitioned back to having a restaurant menu as well as all you can eat. Oh good. So yeah. the thing about all you can eat is that if anyone orders it, everyone has to. Which yeah, is fine. That's, that's pretty standard, standard in most exactly. places. Exactly. That's that's just the way that it works. Uh, but they had a proper like restaurant menu otherwise. So if you wanted to just get smaller portions and not spend 40 bucks per person, that was a way to do it. So uh, very short story. I'll go off on a little bit of a tangent here. But I used to get colds in the winter that would absolutely destroy my vocal cords. I oh, had, no. I would lose the ability to control my voice in any meaningful way. I still had a voice, but being able to control it was extremely difficult. It's like if you had, if you were trying to steer a car and the steering wheel only worked 10% of the time. It was extremely oh. difficult for me. Oh, okay. I know exactly what that's like. Yes, yes, you would. That's why I use that specific analogy. Uh, But it was really hard for me because I was doing voice acting for like 15 years. So every winter, if I had this destroy my voice and then it was another like a month to recover from it, it was just like two months that I just couldn't work. And uh, my the thing that I discovered that helped me immensely with the cold itself, but also with just like feeling very nourished and feeling very like very much like I was actually recovering was going to Seoul and getting one of their uh, hot soups that they make with pork bones. Okay. And it's just chock full of like random proteins. There's a bunch of greens in the bottom. There's a little bit of noodle in there. If you look hard, there's a bunch of mushrooms, but it was extremely nourishing and I would go have it for dinner one night and the next day I would feel like 
super energized, like, oh my God, I'm ready to go. I haven't had caffeine, but I am so ready to go. I feel better. And they took that off the menu. And I was extremely upset because, well, that's when they moved to all you can eat only. So I haven't gone back Ah. since. I hope that their normal restaurant menu still has that. You can probably look it up online to see if they, if their menu has it. Probably. Yeah. Because that was, that was amazing. That was a cure-all oh. for so many things. Good soup can be like that. Yeah. Good soup. Soup. I'm but speaking soup. of speaking of voice acting and being out of work, um, Bayonetta 3 blew up on Twitter. I saw the other oh, day. Yeah. It sure did. It sure did. It certainly did. For I... good reasons, right? For good reasons? Things always blow up on, on Twitter for good reasons? I mean, the original no. actress for Bayonetta... Like the mm-hmm. the person who created the Bayonetta, voice. who also has a perfect name for Bay. Her name is great. Her actual name is great. Helena Taylor. Yeah, yeah. I just love. I just it's because just, the way it's spelled. It's H E L L E N A. I didn't and even I'm, make that connection until you said that. And um, I noticed. I was just like, yes, perfect for this witch. I love she's, it. <laughs> She's come out on Twitter and asked that if you loved the character that she created, if you loved her work and and you loved the Bayonetta, uh, to not buy Bayonetta 3, to boycott it, and instead to donate the money you would otherwise have spent on that to a worthy charity of your choice. And I think that's a really great thing to ask people to do. Like, if you were going to spend that money anyway, spend it on something perhaps better that is not a commercial good especially one that has more or less screwed her over they offered her a paltry paltry amount for a full buyout of the game so full buyout means that you are no longer getting things like uh, royalties royalties from anything it's just full buyout this is what we're paying you for your time the licensing and we get to use this voice voice or the the materials that you've done forever, uh, forever in perpetuity and uh, we often see contracts like that for mid-size projects. Full buyouts are usually small to mid things that you do with your actors. When you get into a really big franchise like Bayonetta or any other large franchise that you can think of, very often you'll see things that include residual royalties or something that continues to, to give that actor recognition for the work that they put in to create that part the of character. the franchise. And, and it's especially relevant for Helena Taylor because um, something that people have to understand with the Bayonetta franchise is that um, Bayonetta as a character was originally created in English. Uh, yes. She did she not have, have a Japanese voice. Mm-hmm. She she does have a Japanese voice does now. She? Oh, yes, now. she does. But oh. she did not originally. Um, no, she and th- that they didn't um, add a, a Japanese voice until um, close to the release of the first Bayonetta game. Um, and so she didn't have, so, you know, all of her character creation, um, was done with her English voice, all of the marketing, all of the original stuff to promote the games were all done with Helena Taylor's voice. Um, and like many voice actors, um, 
she's done a lot of work outside of the games, you know, to do things that, that, you know, support the franchise and support the fans of the game. This is things like appearances at events, um, things like, you know, signings and other opportunities that sort of give back to the franchise, you know, because it's like, hey, you can come to our, you know, special Bayonetta themed event and Bayonetta will be there and you can, you know, ask her questions and hear her voice and stuff. And so she's, you know, she's participated in a big part of this franchise. And the franchise is a really big success for Platinum Games. Um, Platinum Games uh, is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's relatively speaking, considered a mid-size indie studio in that aside from the Bayonetta franchise, most of the other works from the studio are not particularly well known and not necessarily beloved, not to the point where, where Bayonetta was the launch project for the studio. And to date, it is the only really successful IP um, from the studio. It's the it's the it's the IP that built the studio. So it's it, it, calling the amount poultry is is honestly kind. Uh, <laughs> it's being it's being generous to think that you know the voice that helped build your studio is only worth you know four thousand dollars as a as a one time fee. That's you know. Maybe, you know, if you live as a single individual, you have no children, no, no, no dependents, um, uh, that is maybe like a month's worth of, of living expenses for a professional worker without, without, without like, and I say maybe it's about a month's worth because it doesn't, it doesn't factor in things like when you are, you know, voice talent or other kind of contractor, you don't get things like paid benefits. You don't get nope. things like health insurance. You don't get things like uh, standardized time off or paid vacation. You mm -hmm. don't get any of those things. And so your wage compensation is supposed to compensate for that. And $4,000 uh does not compensate. I don't even think it even fairly compensates the amount of time she would spend in the recording. booth recording the character, no, much less so. anything else. Mm -hmm. Which is is kind of it's kind of sad. Yeah, and it was basically um, constructive dismissal. It, it really yeah. was, and it's and it's very frustrating as well. Um, because when when uh, people had noticed that um, the voice talent had changed in the in the trailers for Bayonetta 3. Um, mm. A lot of people asked about it, and the official statement put out um, was that it was a scheduling conflict. Yes, um, that and that was a an abysmal thing to do. I couldn't imagine yeah. uh, that someone rejected your offer and your public response was, oh, scheduling. We couldn't scheduling. make... Scheduling. We couldn't make the schedule work. And, and so and they, interestingly, they hired a different voice talent um, who I'm not going to... A very large A very light, large voice talent who is, you know, sort of known as mm -hmm. like the, the grandmother of, of voice work and, and voice work um, in the English space. Um, someone who is North also, America. you know... Uh, in North America, uh, that's a good point. Um, who was also very well known for being in a, a union um, voice talent member and for being very vocally supportive of voice talent um, mm -hmm. and voice talent unions, who probably 
also got fed the lie of we're having you replace this person's voice because they aren't available, um, which is very, you know, underhanded. cruel and unfair and underhanded as well, because um, knowing how big this talent is, um, and I'm, I'm specifically not using her name because I, you know, I always worry that people are going to think that it's her fault and she's, you know, she's being a scab, but you know, I don't, we don't, we don't know that that's the case. We don't um, know her side of the story and we also don't know several other details. Like I'm not saying that what Ms. Taylor came out with is a lie. I absolutely hundred percent believe her, but yeah. I also don't want this to be witch hunty. There's exactly. always the other side of the story for all we know. Um, they offered her what is fair, and this was done in a way to effectively replace their star her. actor with an even bigger name. With a bigger star. Was, <laughs> right. And and this was a way to do it. I hate it. It's underhanded. But I want to know what really happened. What really sure happened and why. A lot of people do. <laughs> exactly. But and it's so- not a call to witch hunt people. Exactly. It's not a call mm-hmm. to witch hunt people. It's a call to ask for answers and also to hold, you know, people as a consumer, for... you can hold people accountable with your wallet. Um, and so, you know, we don't really know why, but we know that this ta- there's no way they got this talent that they've chosen to replace Bayonetta. Um, they did not get her for $4,000. They almost certainly paid far, far more than mm-hmm. that. Um, so it's it's a little bit frustrating, I think, for a lot of the fans. Bayonetta is a very beloved um, series, excuse me, um, and a very beloved character. And so it's really sad um, to see, you know, her original voice talent be, be treated so that mistreated. way. And, and to be so sad about it. Um, she talked about how, you know, she doesn't care that, you know, she's breaking an NDA, which is, you know, a legally binding contract to talk about her situation. Um, mm-hmm. Because in her own words, if they are going to sue her, she has nothing left to give anyway. So what are they going to sue her for? Mm-hmm. Um, I believe the words she used were, what are they going to do? Take the clothes off my back. And that is heart wrenching for me. Yeah, it's it's the idea that she really she really has nothing left to to give and Dude. and i i always think that that is really sad like you know it doesn't matter what industry it is, it's in um but of course you know when it comes to video games and, and voice acting that's very personal i think to us um and members of the odafest you know podcast team because we we care so much about anime and video games but just in general it's always sad to see the labor and talent of of dedicated and and passionate workers be, you know, taken advantage of and, and discarded that way. I blame Nintendo for this. Did you did you <laughs> see the weird do. did you see the weird like tweet response by Hideki Kamiya? No. I so I did, and I want to talk about this because um Hideki Kamiya well, let, has let's, been let, let's say what it said first. How yeah, about Yeah, you okay. go ahead. You let's you go ahead. I have not seen it. Yeah, so um Hideki Kamiya is is uh, the Japanese like uh, vice president uh, of uh, Platinum Games. Yeah, and now I won't say that there's no like possible mistranslation of what he was saying, but it does come out kind of weird. The first thing he says it, it, it's two sentences. Uh, first part is like sad and deplorable about the attitude of untruth. That's what all I can tell now, and then. The second part is, by the way, 
And then in big capital letters, beware of my rules, which um, is weird English translation, I'm so sure. But it's also no, that's just very a strange, it's just also like, it can definitely be interpreted very poorly mm-hmm. as a sort of like a threat, sort of like a, a like a, you know, Oh, I'm going. I, I I'm sort of above all of this, and I'm going to you know make sure that you don't you you'll never come back to our projects or, you know what I mean? Oh, like, guaranteed. Okay, so let me let me give you some background on yeah. what Hideki Kamiya is like on Twitter. So, um, for a long time, I think a lot of fans of Bayonetta and of any of Platinum Games' work have kind of dismissed the way that Hideki Kamiya um acts on social media as haha quirky japanese dude who like you know he's he's culturally different from us westerners and from everyone else in the world and he's very japanese and so you know he has very that makes peculiar it okay. that makes he has very peculiar ways of interacting with people online um and so hideki kamiya has these rules for how he wants people to interact with him on twitter not how he interacts on twitter how he demands that people interact Respects with him, him essentially. on Twitter. Exactly. Which is that don't type to him in any language other than Japanese, which is to say, do not reply to his tweets. Don't quote retweet him. Don't interact with him. Don't DM him. Don't anything mm-hmm. unless it's in Japanese. And it do not say, do not ask him questions about games. Don't ask him questions about characters. Don't um, offer him any criticism of of what you think about his games, his studio, or his characters. The only thing he wants to hear is love and adoration for his work. And he wants to hear it in Japanese. And if he doesn't hear it, he's going to block you. In other um, words, he's an asshole. Um, yes. Oh, and so he has been, no, you know, it's kind of been a, you know, a sort of meme in the gaming community of, of you know, speedrunning how quickly you can get blocked by Hideki Kamiya and, and the <laughs> amount of people that must be on his block list. Um, and after yesterday, um, it's, it's kind of expanded because the way that he refers to um, people that don't respect his rules, as he puts it, he calls them insects. And so to him, uh, blocking them is like squishing a bug, like squishing an mm-hmm. insect. And that's how he refers to people, you know, if they type at him in English or if they say things to him in Japanese that he doesn't like. And so he's been on a blocking spree, of course, because people have been, you know, responding to his yeah. very cryptic and weird tweets well, he's about even the been situation. Blocking- He's even been blocking people in media and people like, in media, people completely unrelated, yeah. people who have never interacted with him. People are like, I don't know who this guy is, but now I'm blocked. Um, and he's blocked so many people that as of last night and continuing into, into today, he's blocked so many people so quickly and um, that Twitter has restricted his account uh, because to them it looks suspicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that someone is blocking is blocking this many people so quickly. So it, it's very much, you know, the fact that it, the fact of the matter is uh, Hideki Kamiya is not a quirky Japanese guy uh, who just doesn't understand the internet or doesn't understand how social media or Twitter works. It's a guy who wants his soapbox and wants to protect his soapbox uh, mm. and is finding out the hard way um, that you can say that you have rules about how you want people to interact with you. Um, but you cannot set 
you cannot set boundaries that way on the internet. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. That the the boundary of who can talk to you and in what language uh, is not really and about what is a uh, is not really set by you, unfortunately. Having um, that said, blocking things you don't want to see on social media is probably the most healthy thing you can do. It's I'm absolutely. sure Kamiya has the best mental health on the internet. <laughs> I'm, and I'm sure he does. And the thing delicious. is, if he wants to block people, that's his right. That's what the block button exists for. Um, but I think mm-hmm. the thing that bothers people that, that, you know, has always kind of rubbed me the wrong way is that he advertises it. Right. It's it's not like a he blocks people and then moves on. He, you know, makes a big show of the fact that, you know, here's another insect that I've squashed. Here's another bug that I've blocked. Oh, yeah. No, he's, you know, he's, he's an asshole. He's very arrogant about it. And I think people are finally, you know, this is the final straw for a lot of people of, you know, we can kind of, you know, we really like your games and we can really support your content. But, you know, if we're talking about him in English. Does that mean that Odafest is going to get blocked? <laughs> Maybe. Mm. Assuming we aren't already, yeah. Somehow, let's Probably. go blocked by Kamiya. <laughs> <laughs> it only took twenty five years. <laughs> True, but it's it's a very sad situation. Just because you know, I feel I feel for anybody who has done a job that they're passionate about and has been sort of knocked, had the rug pulled under their feet by. You know, whether it's, you know, capitalistic greed or, you know, some corporate bureaucratic decision that happens 10 feet above you and is communicated to you um, and and is done with disregard for how it affects you and your life and your mental health. You know, I, I really feel for her. And so I hope I can only hope that, you know, uh, that you know, she's able to find voice work that gives her fulfillment. Um, and I know for myself, um, I won't be buying Bayonetta 3. Um, I, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to tell anyone else what they want to do. If you are really looking forward to Bayonetta 3 and you really want to play it, you know, that's your decision. Um, mm-hmm. But I know for myself, I'm not going to be playing Bayonetta 3 because um, it would it would it would just hurt too much to know at, at the cost at which this production came. Yeah, and I I think I think that little voice actor sensor meter thingy in my head would probably just be screaming red bells a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Now to end this off on something of a positive note, apparently Blink 182 is back. Say what? This is Yay. this is a band that was when I was like 12 years when old. When I was your age. And, I uh, blinked 182 times and it was great. <laughs> all I can say is that one of my favorite songs by them is What's My Age Again, which is basically yeah. a power ballad of early 20s shenanigans. And Yo, I want Blink-182 to sing that song again, but legitimately asking what is their age again. Well, there is... there like The big thing is them, them being together again is because... All the main cast members are back. They're not like they're, it's not just like uh, the name is continuing with different band members. So the band itself, the band is back. Is back. I have a story from when I was in grade seven or no, grade eight, I think. And this and one of the, their big songs around that time was "I Miss You." Yes, and. Uh, 
we were in science class and we had just like finished a quiz and the song was stuck in my head so i started humming it and other people who like finished the song started like joining in and we kind of had like a high school oh musical gosh. moment and we kind of sang Damn. the song together in the middle of the class and the teacher didn't even stop it so that was real nice of her nice and that's it was just kind of a, a cool memory. moment and it's a yeah, and that's a that moment. actually happened more than once in my life in school where we just <laughs> broke out into songs sometimes i'm not even part of like choir or like band it just happened <laughs> but i can i can Real just imagine them moment. Yeah. I can imagine them taking the stage and being like, and that's about the time she walked away from me. <laughs> Nobody likes you when you're 83. Yeah. The only and negative thing. you are thing, asking them what is a meme. The only what the heck negative is thing. Wolf? What's my age again? What's my age again? Oh my the God. only bad thing is because the it's like OG. OG. Uh, band members and OG performances, even though they are coming with new music as well, the tickets are hella expense. Of course, of course they are. Fans yeah. new and old want Nostalgia to see Nostalgia is a powerful drug. Nostalgia yeah. is a powerful marketing tool. Also, yes. As we've seen in theaters uh, several times in the last many years, nostalgia... Too many years. Nostalgia pays the big bucks, the big bills. Mm-hmm. Um, and next week you'll be nostalgic for this episode. Yeah, that's remember true. That's that how time. that works. Remember that time we talked about Bayonetta three? I remember that time. And no. that Angelo spontaneously broke out into song, pretending to be an eighty-year-old. <laughs> when pretending. we retire, we are probably going to break out into song. Uh, I'm telling you, and then we're all gonna, yeah, and then we're all gonna be in the same retirement home, and we're gonna have Google Stadia's, and we're gonna play (laughs) games together. Yeah, we're all gonna be in the metaverse with our legs. Exactly, we'll have legs. I remember legs. Goodness, I remember outside. Be working. I haven't walked in 30 years. This Mark Zuckerberg has some fantastic technology. All right. I'm good now. Goodbye. (laughs) Night, folks. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Farewell, youngsters. (laughs) 